0: I I don't sell when I am trying to educate and I am talking about the industry and that passion is there. I make sure I'm separating that from wherever I'm working, because it's not about selling a product. It's about educating. And I think that's why that statement can ring true, that it doesn't matter where I'm at. It's more about, here's my interest in the industry. And probably the greatest compliment I've been given is people know, and I hear it all the time, thank you for what you do for the industry. And they know that I love the meetings and events industry, and that's why I'm so passionate about
1: it. Welcome to the Stay Looped podcast, where insights meet impact in the event industry. Today, we repurpose a special episode from Top 3 Thursday, featuring the visionary Michael Dominguez. We dive into a conversation that navigates the evolving landscape of 2022, from the resurgence of in-person meetings to the transformative power of technology. Michael shares his unparalleled optimism and strategic foresight, guiding us through challenges and opportunities that lie ahead, even now in 2024. Stay tuned as we explore the pivotal themes shaping our industry's future. Let's get looped in.
2: Uh, Welcome, I'm your host, Chris Starkey. This is the podcast to help you event professionals navigate what's going down in the world. And I'm so thrilled. This one is a GOAT, greatest of all time. His name is Michael Dominguez. He is the president and CEO of High. He was the uh, vice president of uh, sales for MGM Resorts, chairman of the board for MPI, Path, president. This guy has done it all. Michael Dominguez, what's up, buddy? Well, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. In our industry, everyone knows who Michael Dominguez is. He is a uh, speaker for countless industry events. Um, has been doing it for for many many years. I've been privy to several of Michael's um, keynotes, and uh, he really has. I'm going to say this to you, Michael. You are the voice of the industry. I, I I don't mean to put too much pressure on you, my brother, but you really <laughs> are the voice of the industry. Yeah, and Michael also has an amazing podcast called Beyond the Meeting Room. You got to check that out on Spotify, iTunes, all of the great platforms where podcasts can be heard. Um, So make sure you check that out. So, Michael, this podcast um, is called Top Three Thursday, and I have some uh, great influencers um, that basically give me the top three um, ideas or reasons that we're in the industry or, you know, concepts for whatever's going down uh, in our world. And so here is your question, Michael. First of all, are you loving life or are you you excited or are you you optimistic (laughs) about what's going down or what's up?
0: Well, I tell you what, Chris. Everybody who knows me knows I'm I'm optimistic in general, and uh I, I can tell you I'm excited, and I'm okay with that. And and my only my only caveat is, you know, we're still going to have a few bumps in the road, specifically coming out of uh, the beginning of this year as we get through the the latest variant surge. Right, but right. outside of that, I think we're in a healthier spot because people seem to understand we're going to have surges, oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and we're going to kind of go up and down and. Uh, but I, I think uh, and I'm hopeful that this will be the last one. So
2: me, too. Me, too. OK, so let's get started. Michael, starting from three all the way to one. I need the top three things to look forward to and potentially not look forward to. So number three, Michael, hit me.
0: Uh, number three to not look forward to is, candidly, we're, we're going to continue to have um, some of these speed bumps. And I, I think that the issue of not looking forward to a national election that is going to congressional election that is going to politicize a lot of our environment that is already over politicized. To me, that is something not to look forward to. Yep. I don't look forward to any national <laughs> elections anymore because all they ever do is make us feel really bad about our world and our lives because they think that's how we win elections.
2: Okay. I'm going to take a, a, a right turn real quick. So speaking of, I just want your insight on social media real quick, because I mean, social media, there's a lot of uh, things going down about, you know, the benefits, the disadvantages of social media. What is your take uh, in terms of social media? I mean, right now, LinkedIn is the new Facebook, Um, you know, people, Facebook is going bye-bye according to a lot of folks. But what is your take on what social media specifically is doing for our industry?
0: Um, I, I think uh, social media is both good and bad. Um, I, I think it is uh, a connective tissue for our industry that really does provide a lot of value and um, and allows us to have some type of personal connection with people that just from time constraints we never would. Uh, the bad part of social media, I don't even put on social media. I, I always say it is our lack of um, our lack of self discipline as individuals. And our laziness at times to think that just because I read it on a social media streams makes it gospel and that I, I don't take the time to research. I don't make that necessarily social media's problem. Um, I think it is, a, it is just a tool and an asset for us. The challenge is that I think people have gotten really lazy in being able to research, read, and study what is happening. And the world's moving so fast that I think that ca- kind of catches us off guard.
2: You're absolutely right. And one of the things I have to give you some props, uh, for a moment, because I talk to a lot of, uh, I'm a professional speaker as well. And when I talk to people, I talk about now more than ever, especially post COVID, that it's all about personal branding. Um, I could, I mean, I I have a a few companies that I run, but, you know, specifically with imprint group in the event industry. I mean, you know, it's a name, but I care more about the name Chris Starkey for you, Michael Dominguez. You, you speak all over the country, but. And I know that you, you know, were part of MGM Resorts and now you're with High. You know, I don't think people really care where you're at. They look at you as a person who's kind of leading the forecast of where this industry is going based on your personal branding. You've done a masterful job of it.
0: Well, I I appreciate that. And, you know, what? one of the things, Chris, is I've always tried to do this is I, I don't sell. When I am trying to educate and I am talking about the industry and that passion is there, I make sure I'm separating that from wherever I'm working because it's not about selling a product. It's about educating. And I think that's why that statement can ring true that it doesn't matter where I'm at. It's more about here's my interest in the industry. And probably the greatest compliment I've been given is people know, and I hear it all the time, thank you for what you do for the industry. And they know that I love the meetings and events industry and that's why i'm so passionate about it
1: transform your media or event-driven business with mojo makers where we specialize in scaling your venture effectively eliminate the 80 percent of distractions holding you back and get hyper focused toward a 10 times growth strategy our future filter approach cuts through the noise keeping your business on track for record numbers contact mojo makers today and start your journey toward unparalleled business achievements Find out more at www.mojomakers.net. One
2: hundred percent, and and you know, you said you said that you're not out there selling, but you are out there developing relationships with the platform that you've created for yourself. And I think that's really what's truly important about what what you've done in this industry. Uh, despite you know your accomplishments in the different organizations that that you have represented, but. Uh, you know the relationships that you're building with the platforms that you created for yourself. Uh, I think that's huge. So, congrats
0: on. I appreciate it. Yep. Thank
2: you, so. All right. So, number two, number two thing to look forward to. Let's let's, let's do a look forward to example yeah. on this, Michael. The number two thing, hit me.
0: Yeah, I, I only had one not to look forward to, and I'm done with that. Good. So, everything to me is being optimistic, and um, when I look at things to look forward to, specifically in 22, we've spent 18 months to two years. So focused on how we produce the meeting, Mm -hmm. as far as how do I make this happen? What protocols do I need to follow? How do I keep people safe? What I'm excited about and we should look forward to, we're getting back to why we're meeting. How do I look at human engagement, connectivity? How am I going to make this an environment that is memorable? How am I going to make this experiential? We're now starting to talk about things we haven't talked about in 18 months. And candidly, we're a little rusty. (laughs) So I'm excited that that's going to come back into play. Uh, And that's not a criticism. We literally had to spend two years just figuring out how to meet. Now we're going to remember why we're meeting, which I'm really excited about.
2: All right. So so something to look forward to is why are we meeting? And it's a great, great question, Uh, especially when we had so many virtual and hybrid events. Um, Why is it important? I'm going to keep on going on this real quick. So why is it important that we continue to not go back to how it was during COVID, where uh, in many CEOs' eyes, it was a beneficial situation financially to meet virtually. um, And why isn't it so important? And hopefully, why is it that it's going to continue that we will meet
0: in person? Well, you you know, what's funny is that the CEOs that you talk to um, that are very forward-looking, they all understand that you can't replicate in a virtual experience what you do face-to-face. Um, the productivity, the response, the responses, and and there's a couple of things, Chris, that I think are missed. And, and I say this without at all being anti-technology. I think there's a place for virtual, but we, we tend to forget that we were in that virtual experience because we had to be, not because we wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And, and I think we tend to forget that when we talked about these large attendance audiences that we saw in these virtual experiences when you're locked in when you're sheltering in place and there's nothing else to do it is easy to have that kind of audience when life starts living again and you have kids in school kids in programs after school programs in sports i'm involved in my church i'm involved in my community when life starts to happen you don't have a built-in locked-in audience anymore yeah and i th- i don't think that's going to change and where i'm very hopeful to be com- the, Clients that we have seen that are moving forward right now with meetings, they've gone the complete opposite. They don't want to see even a piece of hybrid in their meetings. Wow. Interesting. Okay. but, But, but there's a reason for it. It's not that they don't believe in it. People are sick of it. And, and what they're going to do, and I think it's going to take about 12 to 14 months for the dust to settle for us to find what is that good equilibrium and what's the balance. But people are so burned out with, I've done everything virtually for 12 to 18 months, they don't want to see it face-to-face. And and to your point earlier, now that you're getting back into face-to-face, it's also an added expense they just don't need if they're going to get back to -to face-to-face right out of the gate. I I say that with all the intent, the intention of, I know hybrid has a place. I know virtual has a place. We're finding people coming out of this saying we're meeting face-to-face and you either show up or you don't, but that's going to be our meeting. And I think that's you're going to see a lot of that in the short term outside the major tech companies. The major tech companies have been doing hybrids for a decade. That's not news for them. right? But for the companies that this was new for, I think you're going to see some of that get put on the shelf until the dust settles and then it'll come back out.
2: Okay. So, again, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more because I talked to you before we started this podcast about the metaverse. I mean, I am – and I know you referenced a magazine uh, that said that it's potentially one of the most hyped – Thing out there right now being metaverse. Do you own an Oculus, uh, Michael?
0: Um, I do not own an Oculus, but I was a big proponent and had launched some programming uh, with the uh, HoloLens with Microsoft. Got it, which was uh, amazing, by the way.
2: Yeah, so I I purchased an Oculus for my kid, and my my kid has even touched this thing because I won't allow her to have it because I'm so entrenched with. What the hell is happening with this? I mean, you put it on and they have like, they they have this room called the venue room. And I literally could go watch a hip hop artist or a WWF uh, wrestling match or a theatrical show and interact with real life people that have their own avatars. And you know that, you know, companies like Nike and uh, Louis Vuitton and all these companies are, they're going all in on this, putting massive, massive money. In fact, I think by 2025, uh, speculated that this industry will be way over a trillion dollars. How do you think this potentially will affect our, the event industry?
0: Um, like I, I think it can be a portion, it. You know, the, the article I had mentioned when it said it, it's the most, one of the most overhyped, it was the top side. And what they were talking about was the term metaver- metaverse, not the application of it. And, and the reason that discussion is happening, and I, and I do believe this, you're taking a lot of what we've been doing and you're putting it into a new structure. So what you've just mentioned, we've done through either virtual social media or other aspects where I could have that same conversation or be watching a flight or doing something along those lines. What we're doing is putting it into a different application, i.e., I used to do that without an Oculus on my head. Again, being able to create it. I know it's enhanced and I know it's not that simplified. I sometimes think we overthink the concept. It's the next evolution of what we are doing right now. And I would be more curious on what does that do to other other uh, modes of applications that were launched during this timeframe? Because I think that world starts to overtake and kind of uh, in some points could destroy some of... What had been born during this time frame, and that and I don't mean destroying in a bad way; it just means it's going to be outlived because we have that new advance. Um, if there was any benefit to the pandemic, we fast forwarded technology advancement by five to seven years yeah, you're, and, you're right about that for sure and, and for
2: companies that are not you know um you know moving towards that direction, uh they're going to be obsolete, I think, in a few years as well
0: I, I I couldn't agree more and and my my biggest thing is that Um, I, there's a a presentation I do right now that I titled, uh, it's an important time to be decisively indecisive. (laughs) Um, and and the reason I say that, I don't know what all the implications are yet for the meetings and events industry. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody does. Yeah. Um, it's going to have to be introduced. It's going to have to see what works, what doesn't, um, as much as you like it. I know people that put on Oculus and get nauseous
2: immediately when they do.
0: Oh, trust me. I do. There's this game called plank. Yeah.
2: And, and you literally like step out of a building onto like a three inch plank. And you, I, I literally have to take the thing off because I'm, I'm dizzy as hell. It's crazy. I'm, I'm going to send one of these to you, Michael, with the, the Oculus too, just for you to, I, I need it back because that's a big bad in, investment right there. But I'm going to send it over to you for you to try this on because some of the, you're, you're absolutely right. Some of these applications are just, and the software is just crazy. Um, what they can do now, but. It really is going to be interesting to see what happens in the next—I uh, don't know—three to five years with you know with, I, with that industry. I,
0: Chris, I couldn't agree more. And I always—I um, I know there's a place for it in the meetings industry. I, I just think it's so premature to know what that could look like. Yeah. Uh, because we're all going to experiment with it, and uh, I'm excited for it. You know, long term. But to me, it's the advancements and the connectivity of a lot of different technologies that are out there uh coming into a much simpler and advanced form, which I'm excited about.
2: Absolutely. All
0: right. So let's get down
2: to the number one thing to look forward to in 2022. And we're you know, we we have, you know, everything from from AMI. We have inflation rearing its ugly head. We have a lot of things going down. Thank goodness we don't have an election this year. But tell me what the number one thing we had to look forward to. Michael Dominguez hit me.
0: Um you know it's a simple one <laughs> from our industry is a return of meetings. Okay. And you're gonna you're gonna see it full force. Wow. Oh yes, we love that. We we do. And 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 I when I say we, that's the industry as a whole. And where I'm more excited about this, and what I think people should be really excited about, the meetings that we are seeing taking place right now. And when you talk to our clientele, they're telling you they're new meetings. They're not the annual meeting that they're trying to get there. This is a brand new meeting that they're trying to get on because their executives and their leadership are saying, we got to get people a meeting. Like we, it's been so long since we've been together. We've got to come together. That's exciting for all of us because that's going to show new meetings and new formats. And more importantly, I think it's going to speed up our recovery. And that's why you are the man. Is it, gentlemen? My God, I, I, again, I'm
2: extremely grateful for your time. I'm not even going to talk about your, all, all your titles. From this point forward, you are the voice of our industry, ladies and gentlemen. Michael Dominguez, thank you so much. There's so much to look forward to. I couldn't be more appreciative of your time. See you next week. Stay looped. Stay looped. Stay looped.
1: Stay looped. That's all for this episode of the Stay Looped Podcast brought to you by Chris Starkey and Jeffrey Denman. Remember, staying informed is the key to staying ahead. Keep engaging, keep questioning, and most importantly, keep staying looped. Join us next time for more insights and stories that keep you connected to the pulse of change.